we need to do one more thing. You can do it seated. But I want us to pray for the law enforcement of this area, the sheriffs, the police offices. Lord, I pray for them right now, Jesus. God, I pray for every law enforcement agent, every Lord, every officer. God, I pray over them right now. I pray the working of your spirit over them. Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would minister through them god we know that they are not ministers unto good works lord they're not terrors to good works god but they are terrors to evil works lord according to your word i pray it right now in jesus name i pray supernatural protection over them lord I pray supernatural wisdom over them, Lord. God, because we can only trust in the things that you've given us in this world, God. We can only trust in the authority that you would establish. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. I pray it right now in Jesus' name. Those officers, God, that are even patrolling right now, God, I pray it, Father, in your name. I pray protection upon them. God, we put our trust in you tonight. We put our trust in you tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we trust in you. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. I'm going to invite Brother Hart at this time. I asked him to take some time and administer or just share whatever he might have from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Scripture that's uh, come into my mind. Give me a second because I didn't have time to look it up. <laughs> Amen. I wonder if we can, you know, feel the we've been obedient to direction from from the Lord, from from our elder in prayer, but. I wonder, and the verse I was looking for is says something along the lines of praying for others and praying for those that, that you may be healed. And um, sometimes I think that our prayers for others aren't necessarily what they could be because we don't, we don't necessarily want it for them as much as, as we want it for ourselves, but we don't realize and understand that in praying for them or in praying for others we're going to reap blessing onto ourselves uh, in the process of that and i can't explain it i don't really have a, a bible study for it but one of the greatest revelations to me is when i feel just so down and out and feel like i've been spending so much time just praying for myself for xyz there's so much liberty and revelation and flow when I just turn my attention to to others, turn my attention to anything but me. 
And I've been reading a book real slowly lately, but by Brother Barnes. And he talks about he talks about prayer a lot and there of course he's a man of God, so it's an important part of it. But he made a statement and said he essentially was saying, Pray for the things that, that God likes. And he was talking about the importance of getting in the Word of God so that we knew what God liked and we knew what got God's attention. Instead of just praying for the the things that we thought were were fancy or pretty or whatever, or again ourselves, we get in the book and realize, man, he cares about he cares about this thing, he cares about this thing and he wants us to call on him for this for this thing and we start to see examples of the children of Israel being in bondage and not even necessarily praying to God per se, but but their cries going up. And because of their affliction, God, sort of the same way with, with um, Hannah, like I talked about a couple weeks ago, he remembered them. He remembered them where they were in that place of, of bondage, in that place of affliction. And I feel like that's in such so many ways that embodies what, what prayer is, especially intercession. There's those in the city, whether they're sick or, and you know, it's, it's amazing. And I, I find myself praying this even for people in the church, especially when they're sick, <laughs> but praying, God, you know, it's no surprise to you they're sick. It's no accident to you. If they get sick, you, you have to allow it. And so, and I pray this for myself, so I think it's okay to pray for others. But I pray, God, let this, in whatever way necessary, let it humble them. Or let it break them to a, to a point or a place that would draw them closer to you. And I'm not just talking about those that we prayed for tonight. Don't get any wrong ideas. But those, we've, we've been going through a pandemic, right? And the, the fear that it's put in people... It's brought so many people to this place where the fear and, and the doubt in them causes them to have nothing solid that they can hold on to and nothing solid that they can trust or believe. And so they're searching. They're searching the, but, but what they have to search is articles, news, outlets, Facebook, Instagram, right? No, no sources of, of truth. But the word of God, of course, and, and us as just like Jesus, he, he, he came and he, he was the word robed in flesh. And now we're that extension of that body here today. And so when we speak, we should be speaking words of, of life and if necessary, words of death into certain situations where it's not of, of God. But with, with sickness, with certain things, in, in times of, of affliction, just like with the children of Israel, uh, I can't remember. I think it's Exodus, I want to say it's Exodus chapter 1 or 2. Um, but it's when Pharaoh, it's when the Pharaoh forgets Joseph. There's a new Pharaoh that rises up and he forgets Joseph. He forgets the, the favor of the people and forgets why, why all these Israelites are there in the first place. And, um, and so they begin to afflict them because they realize, man, these, this is a lot of people. 
and uh, and they're all related <laughs> in some way or the other, so that probably makes them a little more dangerous. So in, in case they join together with these other armies around and, and turn on us, uh, we better, you know, put them to work. We better make them slaves, essentially. And the Bible says that the more that they afflicted them, they multiplied. The more that they were afflicted, the more that they, they multiplied. And I feel like in this, in this time, there's, there's a lot of affliction. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say persecution, at least not here in America, um, not yet to, to the extent that it is in other countries. Um, but there's definitely affliction and there's, there's this, this attempt of, of the God of this world to, and I, I'm, I'm never one to try to make something natural or physical fit in the spiritual, but um, at this point, it kind of you kind of can't help it with with the whole mask thing, and um, even in these cities, these these uh, I'll just say these cities that agree with <laughs> those things more so. They're even them. They're realizing like, why why are we still having to do this? Right? What's what's the point? Um, but what I've and I've kind of felt this in prayer a little bit, and I've I've mentioned it little bit here and there but what I feel like that um, if, if that's in any way a small manifestation in the natural I feel like what the enemy is trying to do especially to the church is is essentially muzzle us right <laughs> yeah we can still talk with the mask um, but it's it's in in the spiritual sense and like I said I never I, I always try to steer away from trying to make natural things fit uh, in the spiritual, um, but I, I feel like I don't feel like this is me trying to make it fit. Um, but there has to be whether it's to right. We're not necessarily in the place where we're talking to Pharaoh, saying, "Look, you need to loose these. You need to <laughs> lay off on these restrictions." Right. But as the church, we are in the place where our cry can still go up, and God's going to hear it. There's one who's above Pharaoh. There's one who put Pharaoh in his place. It's going to hear the cry of the people when we decide, you know what, we might be afflicted in this way or in that way. And, and culture would, would try to say that the best thing to do is find your quiet place and, and stay silent, stay quiet. And, but that's the opposite of, of what we should do. And again, I talked about it. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but Daniel, one of the greatest examples of, of a man of God and in a place of affliction and continuing just in what he knew in that pattern. And even when there was a decree that was made that, that if he made a petition to anyone else other than the king, that he was going to be killed. And the Bible makes it clear and, and lets us know that he, when he heard that decree, he wasn't, he wasn't naive to that decree being put into place. But when he heard it, he went right back to his closet of prayer, right back to his place that was his pattern three times a day, calling upon the Lord, just lifting up his voice. And, of course, later he, 
he's reading in, in the prophets and realizes that, that there's a specific time, there's a timeline of God for how long they're supposed to be there in that place. And he knows, okay, this now I have my direction. Now I have the end to which I'm going to pray and to which I'm going to speak because the word of God is forever settled in heaven and, and God can't, he cannot lie. So if it's written, then it's going to happen. And I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what tomorrow holds. And a lot of times I don't, and the Bible talks about this too, a lot of times we don't even have the words to say. For me, most of the time, <laughs> don't have the words to say. But Romans chapter 8, it talks about how that the Lord, he makes intercession for us. He, he prays for us and he prays through us and and I can't I can't describe it but once I I, I guess the Lord kind of gave me a revelation of that verse and and there's a there's a handful of things that I, I feel like I can pray and the Lord answers them immediately for me um, one of those things is if I pray for rest or, or peace I feel like God in a moment answers that prayer. And another one of those prayers is, God, make intercession for me. I want to be your vessel in this moment. I want to yield to you. And if I'm in a posture and a place of prayer, it's almost without fail immediately that he responds according to his word, right? No surprise. He responds and he makes intercession for me. And a lot of times with groanings, right, that cannot be uttered, but, but I know if I'm postured in, in a place in the spirit that it's going up as a cry to him. It's going up as a sweet aroma to him that's going to be, it's going to be captured. It's going to be kept in a vial that one day the prayers of the saints that are prayed for all years, all of time, one day those prayers will be poured out upon the world. And they're going to accomplish what they've been sent to do, just like his word will not return void. It'll do what it was sent to accomplish when we in the Spirit will respond to that unction of prayer, to the, to the moving, to a place of intercession, when we respond, it's the same power and the same effect as the Word of God that doesn't return void. Because it's the quickening of the Spirit of God that creates the Word of God in us, comes out of our mouth, and it won't return void. No matter the timeline or the time frame of when it returns, It'll return. Amen. It'll return. Amen. I think that's all I need to say. <laughs> Bishop? Thank you, Elder. Well, it's been a while since I've been here. It's good to be here here and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching online listening online to the services weekend Saturday uh, especially the youth service brother Casa it's uh, it's rather thrilling to watch somebody develop in the way that he has developed over time and really relatively short amount of time a couple of years uh, if you had met him when I met him, he was a pretty nervous cat. 
and get his old words mixed up and he would get flustered in just a few minutes. Well, he's moved beyond that. Praise God. And uh, I'm thrilled to watch how the Lord uses him now. Uh, in Matthew, the 28th chapter, there is a story, a parable. It's about forgiveness. Starts off talking, this, you know, the 7 times 70 situation about how many times should I forgive. Um, and then it, then it talks about uh, a man whom his Lord forgave, uh, but he did not forgive somebody else. He was forgiven for a lot, and he did not refuse to forgive for somebody else a little. Now, that's not the focus of what I want to talk about, but knowing now where in the scenario, I'd, I would like to read to you uh, near the end of that story, parable, at verse 32. So that's Matthew eighteen thirty-two. Then his Lord... After that he had called him, said unto him, O thou, lick the, o thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desired me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Now if the shoe fits, wear it. But verse 34, And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. Till he should pay all that was due unto him, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So we see how the, the Lord feels about forgiveness. Okay? But he literally, in this story turned a man over to the tormentors. Now, I don't know if it makes that statement anywhere else in Scripture. Have you ever been tormented? Now, you may have to go back. You might have to go back quite a ways in your own life and maybe remember a time. I, had to, I was trying to go back in my own life and... I can't even remember if I ever felt tormented. I'm sure I felt pretty bad at different times, especially when I was drinking alcohol and taking it to the max. But because d depression follows alcoholism, okay? But the idea of being tormented, okay? Um, my wife and I, uh, somebody reached out to us and desperately needed to talk. See, life was going fine in, in a lot of areas of their life, <laughs> except this individual had said some things to us at one time, a couple years ago. And it was the things they said that was tormenting them. That was their words. Tormenting. Couldn't sleep. 
tormented. And so they reached out and said, would you please forgive me for the things that I said? Oh, of course, you know, I never thought another thing about it, really. So, you know, I mean, I didn't want to play it down too far, but I wanted them to feel released. And it wasn't enough. They wanted to reach out and have a conversation. So one night we're in the car, we're driving, and uh, we call the person back, and so we're talking, and I don't know, probably talked for just five minutes, five or ten minutes. And then the phone call was over. And the text that came the next day or so was, thank you for the time and the conversation. I slept for the first time in a long time through the night. So, what a contrast. Somebody being tormented to having peace and able to sleep through the night. I wonder how many people in this world, maybe even in our, you know, circle of influence, whoever that is, are tormented. Oftentimes people don't talk about their torment. They might talk about their depression and, and maybe they're how miserable they are or about something. But torment is something greater. And I believe that torment is spiritual affliction when a door has been opened for, for whatever reason or in however, but now an individual is being tormented. Tormented, that means psychologically and mentally there is a barrage that is nonstop because we have an enemy of our soul. And the enemy of our soul would like to destroy the human being and their soul. However, he cannot destroy our soul. God said, don't fear the one that can destroy the body, but fear the one that can destroy the body and soul also. Okay. So now, there are people who are tormented. And they don't know where to go. They don't know the answer. They don't know what to do. Uh, the book of Acts, the ninth chapter, if you would. Nine and one. Acts nine and one. It's the account of a man in history. And Saul of Tarsus, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went on the went unto the high priest 
and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any in this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who are you? <laughs> Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, most believers became believers because somebody ministered the gospel to them. Told them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Told them how he uh, was the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Shared how the blood of that Lamb could be applied in their life through the Acts 2.38 message. Repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus. Infilling of the Holy Ghost. The new birth. And how many here? You heard the gospel. From somebody. And you responded. Okay, I'm wanting to see every hand in the room here. That's okay, that's okay. Because that's not what happened to this man. He had an encounter on the road. Jesus intervened into his life. That's interesting. And so we know there are various individuals in the world and in our town that it could be you will not share the gospel with them but God will step into their moment and intervene in their situation. Stop them in their tracks like a bright light shining like it did to Saul. Knock them off his horse. Stop them. And they will have opportunity to respond one way or the other. Now, We know of this man, when the Lord sent another man to go and find him in a house and pray for him, and that man became very troubled. That was Ananias. He became very troubled that God, I, I would suppose he probably even questioned the voice he was hearing. But the voice was saying, go to a certain address in this city and pray for this man, Saul of Tarsus. He has already seen in a vision a man by the name of Ananias coming in and praying for him. And so Ananias, questioning God over the whole thing, God says to him, He is a chosen vessel unto me. Now what strikes me in this is, 
Like I said, this didn't play out the way it does for most believers. If you read even through the book of Acts, many accounts were the, the gospel was ministered, they responded, they were baptized, they received the Holy Ghost, they begin a walk with God, just like you and I. Not this man. But it also says of this man, he is a chosen vessel unto me. Now we'd all like to jump and shout and say, well, we're all chosen vessels, we're a chosen generation royal priesthood and all that stuff but i would say there are significant individuals and in the hours that we are living in and the hours we are coming into there will be significant individuals that may require an ananias To put their life on the line. To make considerable sacrifice. Because these individuals are chosen vessels unto God. Going into these days and these hours. You with me? Everybody's not the same. I'm just telling you. Every situation's not the same. And we need to be aware and pay attention. And be willing when situations arise, I don't know if God's going to speak to you and say such. Now, I, I experienced this years ago with Pedro Guzman in Florida. The Lord told me he's a chosen vessel unto me. That's when he was still driving a limousine. He wasn't in the ministry. He hadn't even repented yet. But I had to believe God. I had to believe I heard from God. I had to believe it was God I was hearing. And then going and traveling down there over and over and over and over. Well, at this juncture now, after the fact, that's, you know, I got peace with all that because now we see how that's all played out. Obviously, they are chosen vessels unto God in this hour, and He is sending them not just from town to town, but now country to country. I believe there's a bunch more. I believe there's a bunch more. We can't miss the moments, the times, and the places where God has asked us to interact and sacrifice and commit and be available. Now, I'm going to share just a little story here. A friend reached out to me, Bruce Bartell. You met him. And said, I know a guy. And he has a cousin. Lives up near you. He's over in the Kent area. And uh, <clears throat> he's going through something. He gave me a little background. Talked about his military experience and how involved and engaged he had been for many years, many years, uh, in Iraq and Africa. He said, I think he told me he did eight tours or something to that effect. But in the process, he said, I went into some very dark places, and it's affected me. And I cut off my family. I cut off my parents. 
I cut off my sisters, and I hadn't talked to them since. I shut them out of my life. And I also felt like I had walls even in my own house between me and my children and my wife. Now, he was very disturbed by it, said he'd come to the Seattle area by way of a job with Microsoft. They'd been here for four years. And uh, he said, I, I suffer with PTSD from all of that, and I've been trying to overcome it, and I'm not successful, and I am tormented. I have constant dreams, and I am tormented. Now, that got my attention. I, I could tell as I looked at him. Now, I, I, so I met him. I was on my way over to Seattle. The guy called and reached out and said, sure, I'd love to meet with you. Met at Starbucks, had coffee. And he began to share with me personally this situation that he has been in. He said, something happened to me five days ago. I was at the end of my rope. I was trying to use anything I could find to overcome this PTSD and the torment that it was having with my mind. And it made it worse. I thought I was going crazy. I was Now, he showed me just before I left his company uh, a picture of him five days ago from his phone. He looked like a mountain man, you know, hair down to his waist and big full beard. And, you know, sometimes people are going through things, they hide behind all of that. Okay? There's something in their life and they're hiding. Now, get this. He pulls into a QFC parking lot. I'm sitting there and I am at the end and I don't know what to do. And this is how he said it. And he came into my car and started talking to me. He said, I, I broke, I wept, I sobbed, and I just sat there and listened. He said, I called my wife and said, make me an appointment. I need to get my hair cut. That's interesting. And so now I see a man, and then I see this picture, and the contrast. Wow. So something is happening significantly in this moment that's taking place in his car. He goes home. He goes out to dinner with his family, and, and he, he sees a bookstore, and he says, pull over. And his wife gets freaked out. What's going on? I got to go in and buy a Bible. He goes in and he buys the Bible and he comes out and he tells me he starts reading in the book of Acts. He reached out to his dad and his dad said, why don't you try meditation? And then he remembered his wife's cousin lives in Stockton, California. Has had two kids in the Bible college there. His friends of Bruce Bartell. Now, I've spoke to the cousin. The cousin calls me and says, this man has not had anything to do with me all his life. 
He was in higher ups in the in the military in the I forget the words all the technical stuff that he was doing, but he was embedded with the Navy SEAL team. And he said, this guy, I'm telling you, he would not talk to me all my life long. He calls me now every day for the last week, talks for me for two hours up until midnight. And I'm just doing all I can to share with him from the Word of God. And I can't, he says, I can't leave now, but I would really like to get up there. I need somebody to talk to him. Well, I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing. And so this man's, the change that's taking place in one person's life. This has happened in the last five days. Now it's seven days. He said, I called my parents and I apologized to them. I called my sisters who I'd shut out of my wife, my life, and I apologized to them. It's like he's wanting to make amends. All of these things are happening in him in a week. You know, some people, you've got to counsel them and, t- and talk with them and convince them and persuade them. Man, you need to really get these things settled. You need to get them right. And it takes months and years. In five days, he, all he's talked to is his cousin and his wife. But this is, a, this, is a, this is a transformation. I told him, I said, look, this is very untypical. What you're dealing with, what you're experiencing, this is very untypical. To me, this speaks to the future for you. You need to find out who you are in the body of Christ when he plants you. Now, there are going to be, there will be others. We are, we are moving into a significant time, and I'm telling you, there will be chosen vessels of God for the hours that we are moving into that will have a significant place in the body of Christ, whether it's here or there or anywhere in the world. We have a role as believers. Ananias had one of the most significant roles, in my opinion, in the book of Acts. Because Ananias reached Saul and prayed for him. And he became Paul. And he reached Aquila and Priscilla. And Aquila and Priscilla reached Apollos, who persuaded and convinced many that Jesus was the Christ. I love the historical accounts in the book of Acts that are as human as you and I are. Now, I felt specifically to bring out that point that there are people who are extremely tormented. They're suicidal. They don't know a way out. And it's either going to take 
a believer coming alongside them. God giving them discernment to help to be used of God. Or he will specifically interact with him himself. But still, even though God has interacted with him, he needs a teacher. He needs a mentor. He needs a brother. He needs somebody to help him walk through. Because there's going to be those in his sphere that are vying for him. Come on, just become a believer. Just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Just hold, raise your hand. Accept the Lord into your heart. I'm, now, I'm, I am soaking him with prayer. Let him be covered. Let his mind be covered. Let these other voices be stayed and pushed out. Let the spirit of truth begin to prevail and talk to him and speak to him. You were talking about prayer. I don't know if it, I I don't know if I shared it here. But I know that I shared that I went out and visited my stepmother and her husband, 92-year-old man. Mark Harris, the missionary, I discovered he was out in New Jersey. And I arranged for him and his wife to go have dinner with my stepmother and her husband in their house. And then I sat in my living room and waited for the report. Because things happen where Brother Harris goes. And he called and he told and shared with me. And after I hung up the phone, I began to experience bursts of intercession praying in the spirit again and again now it did not lift my body usually shuts down about 8 eight thirty. it lasted until 1 30 in the morning as i even as i lay there my spirit was wide awake and as it would come i would speak it out and speak it out Primarily in tongues. 98% of words I spoke, it was in the spirit, it was in tongues. Okay? But I know that experience. I know what intercession feels like. And it was continuing. So this is what I want to say about this. Intercession has its origin in God. You don't make it up. It is of the spirit. What is of the spirit is perpetual and eternal because at the end of that night I stopped praying I haven't prayed since for them maybe just a word your will be done Lord and I have peace and great faith because I know the work of prayer even though I stopped speaking it's still working it's still working. Spiritual utterance does not return unto him void. It prospers where he sends it. So if God was giving me intercession 
for that thing 3,000 miles away. I'm, I'm believing God for night after night after night. I'm sleeping in bed with peace. They're having dreams. They're hearing those words of Brother Harris, Sister Harris, again and again. Matter of fact, Brother Harris, I talked to him this morning. He called me. And he said, oh, I should tell you, something happened. There was a phone number in my, came up on my phone, and I, I didn't have a name on it. And so I dialed it back. He said it was Ernest. And he says, I, I said, well, I, I didn't mean to, I, I, I saw, did you try to call me? He said, Mark, I didn't try to call you. Okay, well, I, I'm sorry, uh, you know, and he played it down, got off the phone. He said, I'm I didn't know why that happened. I said, I'll tell you why that happened. Because when he answered the phone and it was you on the phone, those words you spoke revisited him. I'm telling you, we are involved in the kingdom of God upon this earth. Why don't you stand? Friday, I'm getting on a plane to fly back there again. You may have heard me tell, I was supposed to go back there and drive my dad's truck back. I got back there, the transmission was bad. They put a new transmission in the truck. I'm going back again. You think it's about the transmission? No. Now here, let me tell you this. This is a 92-year-old man. Oh, does God have time for old people getting ready to exit? You tell me. You tell me. He engages several people over and over and over. Vessels with the message and with the Holy Ghost. You better believe he's interested. I'm kind of amazed right now of all the people that are kind of up there. Did you hear Jerry Mincasa tell the story of his mother baptizing his grandmother, 88 years old, in the name of Jesus Christ? Do you know it's rare that people that get up into their senior years ever experience a conversion? It's a rare thing. Because people get set in their ways. They don't want to admit they're wrong at that late stage. I'm hearing about people everywhere. This guy we baptized over here, remember? Cole? Cole Black, he reached out to some people back in St. Louis over the phone. And he said, would you call? Would you talk to them? I did, and I Bible studied him. Another pastor back there baptized him on the phone. Oh, 68 years old. I, I, to me, that's, that ain't too old because I'm heading there. Maybe I'll feel different another five years. I don't know. You know, would, doesn't that kind of tell us that the, the, the times are changing? Things are happening so significantly different right now. COVID's not stopping any of it. 
It may be motivating it. We have one gentleman here on Sunday, a visitor for the first time here in our congregation, and he told me, I have a Christian friend that told me, you claim that God's going to heal you, but you're too afraid of COVID to even go to church. He said, so here I am. And the Lord touched him. I believe it. Amen. We need to pray. Lord, Father, we are, we are simply yielding ourselves in your kingdom. Jesus, we just want to be vessels that you can minister through. We want to be vessels that your spirit can flow through, Father. You know every need, every sickness, every infirmity, every weakness. God, you know all of that. And you've put us here to use us to minister father even in spite of our own infirmity and in spite of our own weakness lord this is your plan this is your design father to use your people to minister through your body lord i yield myself come on just yield yourself right now go to a place in prayer if you need to but yield yourself right now so that the lord can flow through it Jesus, I yield myself, God. Lord, I just want to be a vessel. I just want to be an oracle of God that speaks the Word of God. Jesus, not my own thoughts, not my own plans. God, not even my own production of what I would put together. I want to speak on Your behalf, Lord. I want to speak Your Word, Jesus. Lord, I want it to be Your wisdom, I want it to be your strength, O oh God. I want it to be your word, God. I want it to be for your glory. I want it to be for your honor, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, help me to get myself out of the way, Father. Help me to get myself purged, Lord, from all the uncleanness, Lord, that's around us in this world so that we could be a vessel unto honor, so that we could be a vessel unto honor, Lord Jesus, meet for the Master's use, sanctified and set apart, and meet for the Master's use. Father, I pray it tonight in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I want you to move through me. God, I want you to work through me. Myself, God, I get out of the way. Lord, I don't want it to be my own wisdom. I don't want it to be my own thoughts, God. I want it to be your work. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, God, I'm open to you. Yes, God, I'm open to you. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, in Jesus' name. Oh, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hiko sata haye. Andolo sata haye. Ararama sata haye. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Thy will be done. Thy will be done, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. They have this saying in sports talking about who's going to play and who's going to start and who's going to do the job. They say that you probably know this once I say it. The best ability is, do you know it? The best ability is availability. I believe that's the same in the kingdom. availability because the Lord works through his people I don't know why he chose to do it that way but that's his business he chose I'm going to do my work through my people and it says that he searches for people to work through the best ability is not oh a good speaker the best ability is not, oh, a really sharp mind or a beautiful singing voice or musical talent or charisma. The best ability is availability. Somebody that says, I can't do anything, but Lord, you can do whatever you want through me and in fact the sooner i get to that part of it the better off we all are because now i'm not having to he's not having to wait on me to say i really 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 want to do something but i can't now because of the condition you're in and i'm not talking about sin i'm talking about pride I'm just going to say this. If I have been praying for years and years on end for the Lord to do great things through me, and then I feel like I'm looking and I'm not seeing anything great done through me, I promise you the issue is not just Him not wanting to do anything. Brother Costa said this on Sunday, one of my favorite verses. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that means he wants to use you to minister repentance through a person. Bring them to repentance. Now, if I'm praying, Lord, why aren't you using me? Because I know that you can do all this. Then the Lord must be saying, I want to work through you, but I can't. 
Where's the availability? Availability. Let's just pray for a moment longer. Lord, I make myself available to you, God. Not just tonight, not just in the presence of other believers. God, I make myself available to you. Jesus, you know my time and my schedule better than anyone. You know it even better than me. I might think I know my schedule and my time, God, but you've proven so many times that, Lord, you can take that and interrupt it or turn it upside down. You know it all, God, and you, you actually do own it all. Father, I am just simply acknowledging that to make myself available. I'm acknowledging that, God, and letting you know you can bring an interruption to my day. You can set an appointment on my schedule. You can, Father. You can take my time, Lord Jesus. You can control it. You can do what you want with it. You can, Lord, oh, come on, let's pray. I feel it in the Spirit. We're thinking, no, that's my time. No, that's my schedule. I need to do this. I have to get here. I have to be there. I have this responsibility. I've got that responsibility. Come on. We have nothing without the Lord. We have nothing without the Lord. Father, I surrender to You. I surrender to You, Lord Jesus. I give it all to You. You own it all, God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm not holding anything back. God, I'm not trying to keep control. I'm not trying, Lord, to keep my hand in, involved, God. I'm not trying to hold it. Lord, I'm trying to give it to You. I'm acknowledging You with it. I'm acknowledging You with it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I know. I know there are individuals that You want to reach through this group right here tonight. I know it, Father. There are those that we've not even met yet, God, but You've got the appointment set. You've got the date, the time, the location, the surroundings. You've got it all determined, Lord Jesus. And You are waiting to see who's going to be available. You're waiting to see who is going to allow You to work. Who's going to allow You to speak Your Word. Who's going to allow You to minister through them. In the name of Jesus. 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 Ikosata haye adarama haye. 
Lord, I give it to you right now.